I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to the SC Report. It's all about trades today as we look forward to round six, which starts tomorrow night. It's Wenin here and joined, as per usual, by JT. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. You know, I'm not a morning person, so this has been a bit of a struggle the last couple of weeks, but here we are, coffee in hand, orange juice ready to go, no alcohol, so we'll fly through. It's a little bit different, isn't it? It's, um, you know, I would have thought you might, might have had a mimosa or something like that, but... Um, <laughs> We'll get, we'll get through it, mate. You had a, you recorded the podcast last night to do the uh, the Teamless Tuesday preview with our mate Stolzy, and I hear that you got him to do a bit of singing. Mate, it's well. one of the one of the greatest things I've ever heard. I just I did not expect that after his timid sort of effort on Postman Pat to close out uh, one of the shutdown pods, he just launched into simply the best. But the best part was he didn't know why I'd asked him. So the whole thing I sort of <laughs> missed out until halfway through to remind him that he didn't pick up Bradman Best last week. And then figured simply the best rendition would go down well. But um, he thought it was just because it was rugby league. Good on him. Absolutely fantastic it was. Um, have listened to it myself. So, guys, if you haven't yet, just make sure you subscribe to all of our or to our main podcast, which is the SC Report, and that will get get you all the uh, the podcasts which are coming through a lot more uh, a lot more than they have in, in prior years. So we've got a, a the solo pod. Uh, hosted by JT. We've also got Teamless Tuesday, which is coming out every Tuesday night, and then we've got our Trades pods. So that's three podcasts come straight through to you, and the best way for you to get them is to subscribe so they automatically um, hit your podcast platform, whatever that may be. Uh, another thing we just ask you guys to do, if you can, is to review, um, leave a comment. Um, it helps us with visibility on Apple Podcasts and Google and the like. So, you can help us out there that would be fantastic but uh, let's get along to the main part of the show and let's start with and you're going to start who's the player that you wish you had brought in yeah, it's, it's a tough one because I guess last week we had our trades pretty much ironed out for us. But one guy I'm bringing in this week that I just didn't think would kick on is Latrell. So remember back at the start of the year, he was just plodding along, couldn't make it through 80 minutes. And now all of a sudden he's tearing teams up. He's had a try assist in the last three games, a try last week. He's on the rise, ton up last week against the Titans. But uh, yeah, he's one I'm quickly putting into my center wing this week. He's uh, very much on the rise, so... Latrell, welcome back. Don't mind that one at all. Uh, for me, I just uh, we we're talking before we started recording. I didn't really have anything that I regret about my trades last week because I bought in both Best and Grants, and they're pretty much must-haves. However, it's probably the the weeks before that have really led to the demise of the winning thrones this year, particularly the trades um, in that Super Trade week. 
Stuck with my boys, the Broncos. Um, should have seen through the uh, the bro- the uh, the maroon tilted glasses there and and seen how bad they were. But yeah, bringing the likes of Jermaine Asako and and Katoni Staggs um, ahead of Isaiah Yo and uh, Mantor and a few of those guys has really left me chasing my tail a bit. And um, you know that's meant that last week I had no choice to bring in those two rookies. If I had planned out my trades a little bit better in round three, I could have. Not had to have bring in Yo in round four and could have maybe brought in a Grant or a Best then and then I could have brought in he who shall not be named <laughs> um, last week. But um, oh well, mate. Oh well, these the this is the way that uh, Supercoach falls throughout the year. So um, anyway, let's get straight into trades and what we're going to do as per usual is step through the top most uh, traded in players and traded out players and then we'll finish with. Um, some players that we both like um, that might not be featuring in the top traded in players, but um, ones for you to consider. So let's start with your boy at number one, JT. Trade-ins, yeah, the hammer time. Uh, HTF, I think you had another note, the cheater. Uh, call him what you want, but he's named it fullback this week and definitely looks pretty much right to bring in straight away. He's got that spot sewn up either at fullback or on the wing there. Uh, based on how he went last week, He's a he's a week to week playing option, so yeah, you're getting pretty good value for money there. So I really can't begrudge anyone jumping early on him. Gives you a bit of op- uh, opportunities next week, depending on what happens, what carnage we see fall out this week. So yeah, I don't mind that. Interesting that he's number one traded in though, but I guess at 171k, you're not really uh, you know, doing too much wrong there for mine. Yeah, I, I guess that's because if you look at our most traded out, you've got Katoni Staggs and Ryan Pappenhusen that are number one and two, and also Kurt Capewell there at home. So, um, and Scott Drinkwater, some people have him at fullback as well. So you've got basically in the top five, you've got fullbacks and centre wings. Um, so maybe not that much of a surprise that HTF, the cheater, I don't know, we'll find a name for him and it'll end up settling its way into this podcast. But um, yeah, in the second half, he looked really good as a replacement. So, um, as a Cowboys, as a Cowboy man, a good Cowboy man that you should spend the night with, um, where what do you see? So basically when Holmes comes back, I think they're saying round seven, a, HTF will go to the wing and then Lamello will go out of the side. Is that what you're thinking will happen? Yeah, it's interesting for Lamello because he's sort of jumped ahead of Tom Opachik, who's obviously a bit more experienced. So Connolly gets his and debut. And Ben Hampton as well. Yeah, and Benny Hampton. I think that wing experiment's come to an end, unfortunately, for him. And I think he's another one on this trade-out list. But, um, but yeah, so Hammer Time got that spot last week. Uh, all the raps on him coming through the, the grades and what he did at the nines and um, the way he, he managed to change mid-game. So he's not generally a winger so he's more of a fullback based on where he's played before but the way he was able to just move around in the NRL as an 18 year old against the Warriors um, incredible stuff so yeah it looks like he's got that spot sewn up for for some time so I don't see any issues with his security he'll just move to wing when Val comes back as you said don't disagree okay let's move along to number two on the list he who shall not be named um, with 8,000 trade-ins at the moment. Very surprising given the price of 843000 uh, A bit of a shocker there after increasing value by 85. We don't need to go into too much detail on it. It seems like people are... Is it a, is it a case of chasing last week's po- points a bit or getting on uh, before his value goes up another, you know, or it could hit the million mark in the, in the next couple of weeks? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. I think it is a lot of chasing points. If you've got a go- if you've already got a, a turbo and ponga in there, which have, quite a lot of people do, so a lot of them are trading one of those guys out to bring Tedesco in. But if you are trading up to someone from someone, say a Val or uh, maybe even a, a Pappenhausen, you're, you're definitely not making the wrong move here. He made eighty five k last week, so I mean he's not launched into the stratosphere just yet. But I think looking at some of those projections, if you didn't own him, they're quite scary. I think that million-dollar mark, is no one's ever come close to that, have they? No, I think he'll be the first millionaire if it does happen. But um, he's got a pretty challenging um, run, I think, outside of, well, in saying that, there's a couple of easy games. Just looking at his draw now. So he's got the Eels this week, which I can see is being a pretty tight affair. Next week, the Dragons, which is scary. The week after, Melbourne, which should be another difficult matchup for him. Then he's got your boys, the Cowboys, which um, Nicarima put 120 on last but weekend. But Tedesco, seven games played against the Cowboys, only an 82 high score, average of 53. We've got his number. Don't you worry about that. And then in round 10, he's got the Raiders, which have um, historically been, a, or particularly over the last couple of years, been a difficult team to score points on. So... Um, not quite sure if you'll get to the 100 mark because that takes some a couple of tons in there to get there. But, um, yeah, look, it's it's a scary proposition, not only him. I'm going to be waiting until round 11. I'm hoping his fall, price falls. He's got um, round 11, if you don't have him, I think you might as well just delete your team straight away because he's got uh, New Zealand, Titans, and the Dragons in a three-week stretch. Um and the fortunate thing for us is that the Roosters lost their first two games, so they can't afford to rest him. They need to win as they need to just keep winning, right? So um, Robinson's just going to keep playing his best players, and and that's probably reflected in why Orbison again has been dropped uh, with Crichton um, starting. He's not messing around; he's just playing all the best players. Um, he needs to get that top spot sewn up or top two spot sewn up for a home field advantage. Um, okay. Shall we move on to, to number one? Oh, sorry, let's just conclude. You own him, but if you didn't, would you be breaking the team to bring him in or would you just be waiting until he gets past a few of these top sides? Now, if you don't have him this week and you don't own both Turbo and Ponga, bring him in. I think uh, now is your best chance. And just he's a keeper season out, so uh, he's going to make you that cash. But the interesting play, I think, is if you do own him like I do and he does hit that million-dollar mark, say, in, I don't know, round or even 950K or something next week, do you just sell him for that that cash and then hope he drops, bring him back in for that round eleven run? No, uh, I don't it's think a pretty short time frame. Yeah, I don't think I do. you can. I, I had I had a look at the price projections, and if he does hit that million mark by the time he gets to that round eleven, he's going to be around about eight hundred and fifty k. So um, you're really only going to be trading out, make one hundred and fifty grand, and then trading back in. I, I just don't see it. If, basically, if you're trading him in now, you've got him for the rest of the year. I don't mm. think it's a cash grab. Yep, they're cool. I think that people did it with Gareth Widdop a few years back, and like when he skyrocketed. But yeah, he's nowhere near Teddy's caliber. So, no, yeah, they're cool. Agree. Yeah, I was an owner. Had him. He went up to about eight hundred grand. Sold him. Um, so that worked out quite well. But yeah, definitely not a. He shall not be named. Um, Latrell Mitchell. So you're keen to bring him in this weekend. Uh, his best game for the Rabbitohs in round five. Price at five hundred and fifty k. Um, he saw his first price rise of the season, 35K, and he should go up again this week. Uh, 5,000 coaches are bringing him in. Just talk us through your rationale. 
Yeah, well, just the the issue with him was that it was going to take some time to settle into that fullback role, and I think he's done that now based on what we saw. The way he's getting involved, um, even before this game against the Titans, he was uh, looking a bit hungrier close to the line, looking like he's fitting in. Uh, he really needs the, the South's pack to stand up going forward. That's that's the big question mark for guys like him as well as Cook. Uh, they always need that sort of rolling uh, play the ball to, to work off the back of. But no, I've really liked his game over the last three rounds or so, and he looks happy. So you saw in the interview after he came off the field last week, um, he's all smiles and that. So hopefully that means he's in a good space of mind. But um, given his price is pretty much uh, dropped out last week, so he's rised 35K after after last week with a break-even of 18. Um, I think if he puts on another show, uh, which he could this week, then yeah, he's, he's getting back into that 600K range and, and almost out of reach. So now it's better time than ever to, to jump on him. A few people did last week, which was good. But, um, yeah, anyway, he's in the side now, so happy with that. Yeah, this is the the time to own him. You and I had a discussion last week about the Rabbitohs, and from round five to round eight, they've got the Titans, the Warriors, and then the Bulldogs. So if you're going to take a punt on a Latrell or a Cody Walker, uh, then this is the time to do it. And you can, um, I think he's a player, Latrell, that you can trade out of your side. Um, unlike a he that shall not be named. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't mind the play. You made a really good point though in your article yesterday that his his base is still really quite low. Um, so probably expected a bit of a flop game um, yep. that could be just around the corner. Yeah, that's it. We know that's what the troll can do. Even last year when he was playing centers at the Roosters, he would pull out the odd thirty pointer. And everyone would um, have a go at him, but um, yeah. So we know we know what to expect. So I wouldn't rage trade or anything given that run. So he's there for a good month or so. Yep. Move along to a guy that I am bringing in this weekend. I'm sick of seeing him continuously put up these massive scores. Um, Cameron McInnes. That um, the new role that he's got at the Dragons is certainly um, much more favourable than the just the the 80 minute hooking role than he's had in in prior seasons. So. What happened last weekend, I think Ben Hunt came on, played 58 minutes uh, at dummy half, and that just saw McInnes play as a ball-running lock for the majority of the game. And I was expecting that to happen again, and I think he had somewhere over – or he had over um, 10 runs, um, which for McInnes, if he's making the 50-plus tackles, is just huge. Um, Last year, he was getting through about 60 tackles a game, but then making about two runs. So – this makes him seriously relevant this year and in, and I would suggest he's a captain option every week and that's what I'm going to be doing with him this week, putting the captain on him. Plays the Titans, um, shapes as a fantastic matchup. Um, something to think about though, and I'll get your take on this, JT. Do you think that his output could potentially um, decrease this week given that he's playing the Titans? Um, arguably less tackles, but um, hopefully the um, the runs that he'll be able to make should um, should make up for that. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the case. He's probably not going to do as much defending. Titans like spreading it. Um, don't have as many big mobile forwards to run through the middle and, and all that where McInnes defends. So interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, I reckon it'll be a pretty open game. It's an afternoon game. So probably plenty of tries, which eats into some of the minutes he'll get uh, defending and that sort of thing. But yeah, as you said, the running game is just so, so much of an arrow to his game now. Um especially coming up against the Titans. We saw what he did again last week. He got a short ball at the line and crashed over. There's every chance to do that again um, this week. So, no, I love it. The 30 minutes, he's just going to tackle himself to a standstill and then run the ball to close out. Interesting to see if he can keep it up for the season. 
but as of right now, I can't argue it. Um, if you don't own him, though, and you're not bringing him in this week, it's probably not the end of the world, break even a 50. So he'll probably end up nudging that 700K mark where, you know, Ryan Madison is at the moment as well. Um, but he's a guy I'm bringing in at some stage, just not this week. Yeah, look, just, just having a look at, um, I guess, his pedigree. As You made a really good point. Does he actually have have it in him to, to keep going and, and just if you look at how he closed off last year, and I haven't prepared myself properly here, so I don't have what the the average is. But um, if you see how he's finished off the season, so from I think about round, if we go from um, round sixteen, played the storm, that he had scores of seventy six, ninety four, eighty one, fifty nine, seventy one, ninety nine, sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy. So not only is he um, delivering this year massively as a keeper for his second row, but he does have the pedigree there, I think, um, that really last year he, he started jumping out as a legitimate keeper even for the hooking position. Um, and he does have that flexibility. So I think he's a pretty safe selection this year and not a, a flash in the pan. That base, I had a look at yesterday. I think his base outputs are bearing about 73 base points a game, which is just incredible. So that's on Haas levels. Um, mm. So between those two, you've pretty got you've pretty much got a safe captain option every week. So um Maybe given the Broncos play so many Thursday night games, you could VC Haas, hopefully that he snags a try, and then put the C on um, McInnes. Um, might not be a bad shout. Um, okay, let's move along to the last of the big three, Caelan Ponga, the fullback role. Um, 750K didn't increase in price as much as what we might have thought, uh, only a 40K price rise. Uh, it was held back a little bit by the storm. Sixty-seven points. Looked really good at halftime until he set uh, Bradman Best up for a try, um, which got him a few attacking points. He's got the Broncos this week. Um, looks like a pretty good matchup, which is what I covered in um, the team's analysis. Uh, I think the Broncos have conceded something like eighty-plus points to fullback so far this year, uh, so it looks pretty dangerous. I think, and he's running at a very, very inexperienced right edge as well. Um, so you got Xavier Coates there, and uh, and also Herbie Farmworth. So uh, he could have a field day there with uh, along with Bradman Best. Yeah, it's an interesting play for a hundred k more. You get Teddy, but uh, maybe if you already have Teddy, you, you bring in Ponga in as well to, to supplement that, which I don't mind. So Ponga's actually got outside of uh, the Broncos this week. He's got a couple of day games coming up as well, which you know we know he loves. Uh, so I was having a look at between him and Turbo last night. Um, Turbo's got three day games coming up, but a little tougher opposition, whereas Pong has got your and my boys, so a little easier for, for him there. But now I think what Ponga has that the other stone is the goal kicking and that just you know, when it, the Knights blow out, which they've done to a few teams this year, that that's when Ponga can really rack up a score. Um, interested to see him so highly, though. I know he, he yeah, as you said, he played pretty... He had a quiet old game against the Storm, which, which most people do, but... Um, yeah, interesting to see him. What is he? Two and a half thousand trades at the moment. So I don't know. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I think it's just that maybe that matchup with the Broncos, also the name there too. But yeah, he's a he's a player that I was aiming to target in uh, for this week, and I would probably I would go him ahead of um, Teddy and Turbo for this round, based on matchups, but also based on where he's priced. I'd say. Um, Number six, Xavier Coates. So he looks like he's got that um, wing position sewn up at the Broncos at least for uh, the next few weeks. And um, and after this round, it's pretty much smooth sailing for three weeks for them. So I think they've got um, the Titans, Bulldogs and Warriors over a three-week spell. 
Uh, so Coates as an outside back uh, rookie, priced at two hundred k, could snag a try over that and uh, generate a fair bit of cash. So he's a guy that I'm looking at for next week. Is he someone that that you're thinking about at all? Yeah, I'm not sure about this one because I've I haven't brought in the Hammer Time this week, um, who's thirty k cheaper and and whatever. But they've both got good security. Uh, they both look like attacking stat weapons. So yeah, I don't know if I don't bring Coates in this week or Hammer Time. Am I doing both uh, next week? I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. Downgrade. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've I've probably got to sort out my affords this week, so. Um, I've brought in SJ and Trail this week, so I need to fix the, the forward pack next week. So I don't know if I can afford to get both of them in uh, as much as I would like to, but I think I'm going to bank on the hammer time um, over Coates. But, yeah, I don't know. The way that the Broncos just were feeding him the ball on Thursday night last week and just kicking to his wing, yeah, he looks like he's that 49 will turn into 60, 70, 80 soon enough. Yeah, don't disagree. I, I think I'm... I'm actually in a position where I'm hoping, um, well, see what happens with HTF uh, this round, but I, I might go a week late on, on one of those guys. Yep. Um, I might just go with Coates next round because he plays the Titans and then go a week late on HTF. Um, that's probably how I'm going to play it, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think both of those have got some excellent cash-generating opportunities um, in them, and I mean, if you've got some dual position moves, you can say move a, a Jamil Hopawade out of your second row into your centre wing and dump him to one of him, or we've got Willie Arme stinking it on our bench as well. Not a bad play to, to move these guys on. Uh, move along to number seven, Angus Crichton. So I'm a little bit surprised by this as well, given that he's risen in price by 100, close to 150k since the start of the year. Coming off some huge scores against uh, the Broncos and the Bulldogs up against the Eels, it's going to be much tougher this round. Um, Mitchell Orbison still floating around within the squad, just not in the 17. Um, what are your thoughts on Crichton? Yeah, he just looks so good out there. I know they've tailed up a couple of teams in the last couple of weeks. Um, Angus has scored a double in both, I believe. But, yeah, so you're sort of chasing points in a way, but... The way he's playing out there, I don't see him getting that 80 minutes taken off him anytime soon. So he's now in that same vein as your McInnes's, your um, Mattos. So I'm just going to bring his break even up. But yeah, I think back to a guy like Wilfred. He brought Crichton in two weeks ago and Latrell last week and captained him. And yet the guy's still like 40,000. So he's making all the right moves, but um, I don't know what's going on with the rest of his side. But, yeah, Angus was a, a definite pod player a couple of weeks back when we just weren't sure about Orbo. Now I think that that's sort of out the door. Uh, that looks to be his spot now. Um, break even this week is negative five. So he'll be into that 700K realm. So, yeah, I mean, this week looks a good time for him, but I don't know. I prefer probably on matchups McInnes still over Crichton, uh, particularly given they're not going to, you know, destroy every single opposition you wouldn't think. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably give Crichton a miss if you want to bring McInnes in. Yep. Oh, I don't disagree. So, I have McInnes over him. I also have Madison over him as well. Just as they're the two that I – and Lolo. So, if you're going to own three in the, the second row, I think it's McInnes, um, Madison and Lolo this year. And then Crichton is a, a, a superb pop player is that fourth fourth guy, but there still is a little bit of risk associated with Orbison in there. Um, but, yeah, I think if you're going to bring him in, you do what Wilfred did, and, and that, that would have been two weeks ago. But um, no, he, he just looks sensational. So, um, yeah, sure, that, that right edge for the, the Roosters looks pretty dangerous. Speaking of the right edge, let's move along to 
The next guy with Brett Morris. This is, for me, definitely a case of chasing last week's points for sure. So um, against the Broncos, filled in at fullback, had an absolute field day. And then last week, um, him and Crichton just absolutely, and um, and he that shall not be named, absolutely towed up that that Bronco, that Bulldogs left edge defence. Um, but they come up against the Eels this round, and I can just see maybe that, that Morris flatlines a little bit. Yeah, well, that's it. He's at two tons in a row, negative 55 break even. So if you are bringing him in, it's it's purely got to be a, a cash grab because he's not a long-term hold. He's well, He hasn't been for years in this game. So, yeah, that, that price is going to free fall soon enough, you'd imagine. So if you're bringing him in this week for a couple of cash rises, yeah, you, you, the rest of your team must be pretty settled. So yeah, it's, a, it's a strange one, but we always see that in this game. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Number nine, Alex Well, Don't have to talk too much about him. I think he just keeps pumping out these massive base scores. Seems to be fluctuating between the 60 and 80 each week. Pretty safe for your front row. Yeah, nothing much really needed. I'm surprised he's still 545k. So only went up six grand last week, which is um, yeah, keeping him within re- within reach. 55 break even this week. So yeah, he's not going to really go anywhere. Um, but again, a guy I've been looking at for for weeks and weeks. So gonna have to pull the trigger at some stage. It's just too consistent. I just don't think that he's. Um, I don't think that he's going to go any anywhere in any great great rush. He does because he doesn't have that attacking. Um, element to his game so he's mm. probably going to score as I said that 60 to 80 um and i just think that he's going to be you don't have to rush to get him so probably wait until say carrigan maxes out in value and then you can upgrade carrigan to him or to to Clemmer. that's probably the play i'd say and then you, your your front row is basically locked locked away let's move along to the last guy on the list bradman best no real surprises here must have been a shitload of people jumping in last week to grab him because only two percent jumping on this week, uh, which means that it's guys like our poor mate Stilesy who missed out or those that um, strategically went for he who shall not be named ahead of Bradman Best and uh, that probably you've missed 150k pay rise but you've uh, you've copped to 200 points, um, 400 points if you are uh, captained him. So not a bad selection there. 150k uh, increase to his price. That will sting but um, I guess you've got to put your tail between your legs and just yeah, ego is not a dirty word, and that is a. Um, I just think that he's he, to me. He looks like a keeper um, this year. I think, um, given how well the the Knights are playing, 
play outside Ponga, um, and he's had a, g- a good look last week. So he scored a try. I think what he, what he had fifty nine points. So uh, he the floor just seems pretty pretty safe. Mm. I think um, he's he's going to be pumping out probably a minimum of forty points per game, um, and that looks to be like it's a you know you can if you're getting that from your centre wing with the the attack upside that you've just got to play him each week. Yep, uh, classic looking keeper centre wing at this stage after three games, ready to call it basically. Negative 42 break even as well this week, so his price will be in the 500 soon enough. All right, let's, um, before we get on to the, the cells, um, should we cover a few guys that aren't on this top list that um, that you and I both like? Is there anyone that, that you're thinking of that doesn't feature in the top 10 most traded in players so far? Well, no, and it's a guy that I brought up last week, and I didn't expect him to be in this list this week. Maybe not even next, but Will Hopawadi. So he uh, ended up with a fifty-five or so against the Roosters, which was a pretty good effort considering the way that that game panned out. Fifty-six. So the way that he can chime in at fullback and uh, can break the line, like it just opens up so much more than playing the centres ever did for him. So he's still got a break even at 42, priced at 468k. So, yeah, he's a guy that I'm looking at. I've gone Latrell over him this week just because Latrell's going, uh, price is going to skyrocket. But, yeah, Hopawati's what I'm just keeping an eye on. Uh, I'll either make the, the move next week or the week after. But, yeah, I'm really liking his game so far, despite being in a pretty ordinary side. Yeah, I think that's a that's not a bad chat. He's he was clearly the best um, Bulldogs player last weekend, and um, he was. So I had a bet that was um, who to score the most tries out of him or or he that should not be named. And um, up until until the second half, when he that should not be named um, scored those two tries, I was a bit nervous there because Hopwadi looked super dangerous. Um, I thought that he was set to, to maybe score one or two tries himself. So that's not a bad shout at all and, and definitely moving to um, uh, to fullback is, is his position. Okay, so I've got a couple of players here, a few players that I wanted to bring up. The first is um, Matt Dufty. So he had a huge um, week last, last round, come back into the starting side, fullback, and just destroyed... Um, the Sharks, 120 points. Um, now, in any other season, I think that would be chasing last week's points to be going after him, but you've got a break even. I think he's about negative 50 uh, this week, and then he's up against the Titans. The Titans are averaging over, uh, conceding over 90 points per game to fullbacks this year. Dufty, super, super quick. Um, I think that he could really tail uh, the Titans up, and, and you could almost captain him. Um, I think so. Whilst he does play the Roosters the week after, which is going to be a difficult matchup, I think what you can do is bring him in as a downgrade for, say, Papenhusen if that's what you want to do. And if you can't afford it, one of the big three, play him this week, bench him next week, take your 100 grand, sell him. Um, that's just 2020 super coach um, sewn up right there, I think. Have you looked much at his history in the game and how consistent he's been able to be? I did, and it's not fantastic. Um, have you a look at that last year? But it's saying that it's the Titans. So if he wasn't playing anybody else, I'd just say ignore him. But the Titans just seem to be just lo- just leaking points to fullbacks this year. Um, so if you look at his history against the fullbacks, he's played them against the Titans. He's played them twice, uh, 136 points high and 36 points low. Uh, so it's rocks and diamonds there as well. But it's a for somebody like myself that's sitting. Um, 
40,000 odd. Uh, it's a risk that you've got. It's one of those risks that I think you just have to take. So um, it's one of the, the trades that I'm thinking about. The next two guys I'll cover together. So if anybody watched that Sharks, uh, or the sorry, the, the, the Roosters versus the Bulldogs game on Monday night, you would just see that the Roosters just went straight down that uh, that Bulldogs left edge the entire game and just absolutely destroyed him. Every single attack was down there. Crichton scored two tries. He that shall not be named scored three tries. Brett Morris scored two tries. Um, it was just party time down there. So they come up against the Sharks this week, and that right edge um, that will be attacking their left edge features uh, Sean Johnson, Britton Nakora, Siona Katoa. So those three guys I think that you should be trying to get as many shares of as possible for this week. Um, and then next weekend I think uh, what the, next weekend they play Manly and then it's the Titans. So... Um, you're bringing in SJ this week. I'm bringing in SJ. SJ. Uh, I own Katoa. Do you own Katoa? No, I did. Uh, and then the other guy that I, I really would like to have brought in this week if I had an extra trade would be Britton Nakora. Um, so really down year, average 45 points. But even last weekend against the Dragons, looked really dangerous. And I think he's he's one attacking player away from a ton, and that could come this round. Yeah, well, that's what he did last year, though. He'd have a you know, quite game and then he'd come to the 70th minute when SJ seems to be in his element and he'd find his way across the line and get to a 70 or 80 or something. So he hasn't done that at all this year, so he's very much due. Um, but no, I don't, I don't mind it. I thought it was a bit of a strange one when you first brought it up, I think on Sunday, Monday it was. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's definitely sort of bottomed out at this stage. Well, he's still got, he's still got uh, price to drop. 71 break even, interesting play, but um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's why. So I won't be bringing him in this round. I won't bring him in next round, but then I'm potentially looking at round eight. He's got the Titans and then he plays um, uh, then he plays the Warriors around 10 and the Dragons around 11. Uh, so not a bad three-week or four-week stretch there with three easy games. Uh, and he's going to be probably priced around about 450K. So... He could maybe um, be a similar position to um, Angus Crichton when people brought him in two weeks ago and just that attacking edge player that just tunts up a couple of weeks um, and then earns you a fair bit of coin to be traded out. Um, that's if you're going to be scraping the barrel for cash like I probably will. So he's a, a lower price second row forward. The the final guy that I just want to raise here, um, JT, is my boy Davida Pangai Jr. who has been... Rubbed out since round one. Um, Broncos have sorely missed him. And um, anyone that's read the analysis or listened to the podcast the next few weeks knows that I am pretty uh, pretty happy with the Broncos draw that's coming up after this week. Um, so they've got the Titans, Warriors and the Bulldogs. That's a pretty handy stretch. And I think the Pangai could go big. They played 80 minutes in round one, 88 points with a try. Does he interest you at all at 541k? I know what the risk he carries. The guy's probably going to get, let's see, a dollar and one to get sin-binned by halftime in this one. So, no, that's just he's, that suspension record, the way that he plays the game. And he's been told to cool it down by the coach. So, I don't know what you're going to see from him when he comes out here, whether he loses that aggression uh, or, or what the go is there. But, yeah, I mean, it's only going to be his second game, so price won't be a factor or anything until next week. But, um yeah, I just he's too much of a risk and got an injury history as well. There's a couple of red arrow, red crosses there for mine, but um, yeah, he's one of your boys, so get them all in. Get them all in. Well, I'll be getting one in next week. We will talk about that um, when we have this podcast next 
week. Uh, let's just quickly talk about the most traded out players. We're running out of time a little bit here. Um, number one, Katoni Staggs. No surprises there at all. Injured, gone for the next four to six weeks. Yeah. Next one, Ryan Papanusen. Uh, JT, massive disappointment this year. Yeah, a bit of a shame for him, especially after the year he had last year. We didn't expect the same, but um, yeah, it's just been middling every single game this round, this year and hasn't quite kicked on. So I traded him out last week, not uh, to, to Teddy, so not looking back on that one. But yeah, I reckon he's about to burst at some stage, but I think everyone's jumping ship, which, yeah, can't blame him. Yeah, so I was having a look before making that switch because I'm with you. I'm, I'm scared that he's just going to go bang. Um, but if you have a look at their draw ahead, so they've got the Panthers this week, then the Warriors, easy matchup in round seven, but then it's the Roosters and then Canberra. So for me, I'm happy to sell him, but then watch out for round 10 because round 10 he has the Titans, Broncos, Knights, and then the Bulldogs. So that's a pretty good stretch. So I've already got Munster penciled in for a round 10 trade-in, um, but then Pappenhusen is another guy that I'll, I might be looking at um, to bring back in my side for, for round 10. Uh, potentially um, to see if I can fit him and, and Teddy in as the, the fullbacks for a month uh, because they should all go pretty big, I think. Okay, moving along to the next. Let's just get rid of all the injury guys. So Kirk Capel, Valentine Holmes, um, Martin Tapao. So they're all being traded out because of the injuries. No surprises there. Your boy, Scott Drinkwater, fifth most traded out player. What's going on with him? He started the season so well. Yeah, he did. And then we come back. He had that Titans game uh, off the break there and everyone traded him in for that given his negative break even. But yeah, he hit a 50 that round, I think a 40-odd last week against or the week before against the Sharks. And then a horrible game last week against the Warriors was so uninvolved. I think he ran the ball twice. Um, and his, his running game is his strength. That's what he's playing there for. So if he's not doing that, he's not going to rack up points. Um, so yeah, he's made his cash, dropped a little bit last week. I can't blame anyone for moving off. But yeah, I think the combination with him and Jake Clifford looked pretty good for one round against the Titans and then yeah, it's been shown up the last couple of weeks. So um, I don't know, I expect him to bounce back a little bit in this game against the Tigers uh, coming up. It was a pretty embarrassing effort on last Friday. But um, yeah, in terms of five eights, if you go and drinky to SJ like I have, um, yeah, can't argue against that. So what about with um, with with Holmes out of the side? Um, what, what, how does that impact Drinkwater's output, do you think? Well, if you looked at Hamizo's game last week, he played a pretty similar role. Um, so the, the fullbacks tend to feature pretty highly in, in the Cowboys' um, attacking formations. So the ball finds its way to Hamizo for the last pass, which is what happened there. So Drinkwater gets a TC rather than a try assist, which, which kind of stings him there. But um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because Drinkwater should be the guy that um, runs the ball a bit like the way Morgan used to play with JT. Clifford's the more organising sort of half, so you'd expect Drinkwater to be the one um, running at the line, opens himself up to try scoring opportunities. But for whatever reason, the last couple of weeks, he just hasn't been doing it. So, yeah, I'm not sure whether a kick up the arse in training this week will, will spur anything on, but I'm not holding out too much hope. So just a, a quick one on their matchup as well. So interesting for HTF. Um, the Tigers have conceded over 65 points per game to fullbacks this year. So if you're looking at starting him, it's not a bad shout. And that could also um, suit Drinkwater because there's a chance that Drinkwater could um, you know, play a pretty similar role to maybe what a, a Holmes was doing a bit. So there is some points there uh, for, for those two guys, I believe, in, in this round. Uh, moving along, your other guy, Ben Hampton, that's a pretty 
I, I'm a bit surprised by that because if you do, maybe it's just downgrade to get um, a Latrell or a HTF into your side, but um, all you need to do is step onto the field in this game and he's earning money, right? So you basically just hold him for one more week and then trade him out next round. What would you do? Uh, it's, it's a little tougher for him because he's got a 23 break even. So with that utility yep. roll off the bench, I expect him to get 20 to 30, um, which would be enough to surely see him clear that break even. But I think that's probably just a case of people not taking that risk. Uh, I was happy to keep him on the pine there given he wasn't playing last week. But, um, yeah, you've always got that worry that they'll step out for the last five minutes and, you know, get nothing and, and drop in cash. So don't really mind it, but I'm hanging on to him anyway. Even if he does get, you know, five, he's not really dropping too much cash and he's going next week for me. But, um, yeah. Just people. He's fattened pretty nicely, 366K. So if you're downgrading to Hamiza, you're getting nearly 200 for that trade. So don't mind it. But, yeah, hopefully Hampton comes out and scores a late try or something. Match winner. Moving along to number eight, nine, and 10, Thomas Flegler, Issa Masters, and then Luciano Lua. Um The two main ones to focus on there, I think, is Issa Masters. So he's been super disappointing since uh, one or two good scores in the opening rounds. Um, so I can't really begrudge any coaches trading him out. Uh, he's looked ordinary even from the eye. And then Leilua, for me, is a little bit surprising. I, I guess people are probably uh, considering that he um, is has, has got that ankle injury, but I think that you can hold him for now. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you can hold him, but he's not really been setting the world on fire the last couple of weeks. I don't think he's been getting the tries he was over those first two rounds. So his scores have floated around that 40 to around 60 mark. So he's already at 470k, dropped cash last week. Um, just bring his break even up here. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind it, particularly as well as you said, he's a, he's a risk coming into this week because of that ankle injury. So he's every chance of getting a late scratching. 65 break even. So, I mean, in fairness, he's probably reached his peak. I don't know. I can't really. He's every chance to get a try this week against the Cowboys. We're a horrible defensive unit. But, um, no, I mean, if you're making the jump up to, say, a, a Matto or a McInnes who are clearly on the next tier, uh, then, yeah, I mean, I can't argue against that. Lucy's probably done his job for you, but he's not going to be a season-long keeper. Yeah, I, I, can't, I need him in my 17 for the moment. We'll be looking to trade him out in the next couple of weeks. But, um Hopefully you can jag a try. I think they've got a pretty good run over the next couple of weeks. So I'll be looking for him and Nofo to, to score some points. Okay, well, that is it, JT. I know that you and I both need to get out of here. Um, thanks for uh, jumping on third podcast in a row. Is there anything further you want to say before we close out? No, mate. I'm sure everyone's sick of my voice by now. But uh, always, I finished last pod by saying you need to fast forward us to one and a half speed. You will get through our, our rambling so much quicker. Or even 0.5, just for a laugh. It's always good. Well, that's it. We'll be back next week with uh, your solo pod on the Sunday night and then the TLT and trades back-to-back. Best of luck for this weekend, guys. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.